Hi, my name's Hope Johnson, and I am a liar. You see, I've been telling myself lies about God for years. He's good, of course, but he's not really good to me. He loved me enough to save me from eternal death, but not enough to give me what my heart needs right now. And what do I make of suffering, both the suffering of the world and my own private sorrow? According to my man-made scale, God has been judged and found wanting. In the past decade, although I fought to cling to what I knew was true, the onslaught of depression, isolation, loneliness, and hopes deferred lulled me further and further into an underlying cynicism. My mind began to cannibalize my heart, to attack the very truth of God in me, my DNA as his child. In the midst of chronic suffering, I doubted God's goodness, and my heart spewed bitterness at him. Perhaps you've also struggled to believe in God's goodness. Perhaps you've also succumbed to the thoughts that either he doesn't see you, or if he does, he simply doesn't care. Because whether we've walked with Jesus for two months or 20 years, it's our tendency to believe lies about him. How do these lies take root even while we're seeking him daily, when we've committed our entire lives to knowing and serving him? Reflecting on my own life and the broader narrative of scripture, I believe the answer is forgetfulness. The falsehoods we believe about God are sprouted by and feed on the forgetfulness of his faithfulness. Because if I am nakedly honest with myself, he has been so, so faithful to me. But in the throes of depression and the ache of rejection, I not only fail to remember what he has done, but I dismember the past. I take it apart carve away the times where he shielded me from evil, paint over the illogical joy he gave me, scrape away the comfort of his presence, and fasten on my own embellishments. Next, I remember it into one where he was not faithful. And if he was then, well, his character has rapidly changed in light of a present reality that I certainly did not ask for. Bluntly, when I don't get my way, my heart is revealed as a muscle that pumps disbelief. Remembering and proclaiming his faithfulness reveal these thoughts for what they are, lies. The eye is the lamp of the body, Jesus said. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. When I fail to remember what he's done in my life and the lives of others, my eyes grow dim. God knows that remembering his faithfulness doesn't come naturally. When he led Israel through the Jordan River in a miraculous parting of the sea, he knew that his people would be quick to forget. Because of this, he commanded Joshua to set up 12 stones to serve as a memorial to the people of Israel forever of what he'd done. I believe the memorial stones of today are our stories. It's one thing to read about God's faithfulness in scripture. It's another to look into the eyes of someone who has been in the depths of darkness you now inhabit, but who has come through them with praise on their lips. It's the stories of believers who have gone before me that have given me the hope I've desperately needed in my darkest moments. And that's why I'm speaking to you today, because of how powerful I believe personal stories are in reminding us of God's great faithfulness and the hope we have in Him. If you're anything like me, and you know the truth but are ha having trouble grasping it with your heart, then keep listening. 
Over the next year, people from all walks of life will be sharing amazing stories of how God showed himself faithful in their lives, in depression, in dating, in their callings, in loneliness, in friendship, and more. I'm learning that when we refuse to dismember the past, but instead remember his faithfulness, the more the lies lose their potency and are revealed as stale words that are no match for the power of the Holy Spirit in us. I pray that the stories you hear in this podcast will assure you of his intricate hand in your life, his intimate love for your heart, and the brilliant hope you have in him. Welcome to the kickoff episode mm-hmm. of Hope Unyielding. Um, my name is not Hope. I'm sitting here with Hope. My name is Samantha. <laughs> and Hope and I have been friends for about a year and a half. We actually met through a young adult group that is local to upstate New York. Um, we met and just kind of clicked. And this past year, thanks to COVID, we actually um, were both going through some life changes because COVID shook everybody up. Yes. And uh, realized that we both just have this passion for, one, using the Word of God and our life experiences to minister to other women. Um, We both had this desire for connection, both in written word and also spoken, and hope we'll get into a little bit about why a podcast and why now um, in a bit. But essentially... My voice is not going to be popping on here most of the time. It's going to be Hope. But I wanted to introduce her as a friend and a sister. And sometimes if you are starting something off, it's best to have someone else introduce you. So, hi, Hope. Hi, Samantha. (laughs) How are you doing? Great. How about you? I'm good. So, let's just start off with some intro about you. Uh Um, I know your name, but your name is actually has a lot of meaning. So mm-hmm. what is your full name? So my full name is Hope Mackenzie Jasonia Johnson. Um, <laughs> I know. My parents, my parents went crazy. I love it. So, so. Um, and you're going to share a little bit about what that means in a bit. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Hope, um, we are living in upstate New York. And for those who are not familiar with upstate New York, it is not Manhattan. We do not live in the city. We're actually kind of in the countryside right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like, there's train tracks and cow pastures. Exactly. So, that is upstate New York. Um, We are living in the time of COVID, but in Jesus' name, that's not going to be forever. (laughs) Um, What are your top three movies and your coffee order? Okay. (laughs) So... The top three movies is a great question right now because Mm -hmm. I just went to a writer's conference where this guy named James Rubart, he walked us through an exercise with three, our three favorite movies. And he said, think of your three favorite movies. And I did. And they were Mm -hmm. The Princess Bride. That tops all. (laughs) I love P.S. I love you Mm -hmm. and A Walk to Remember. And then he said, look at those and see if you can find a common thread. What's Mm -hmm. the common thread? That says something about your personal story and what he said, your personal brand. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought about it and I thought, wow, in all three of those, it's love transcending death. And I loved that so much. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I did not put that together. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. So you have to do that sometime Mm -hmm. with your three favorite movies. Um, Oh, jeez. But (laughs) Princess Bride trumps all. That is, I will watch that over and over and over. That's a fabulous (laughs) film. Oh my gosh. Um, and your favorite coffee? My coffee uh, My coffee order yeah. is pretty boring. I am a hot almond milk latte type of girl, no sugar. <laughs> boring? That's health conscious and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I get pretty much every time I go out. Okay, mm-hmm. that's perfect. 
Gosh, I have to think about... When I was actually thinking about my top three movies, I wasn't thinking about them thematically, and mm-hmm. now I'm kind of scaring myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We're going to have another podcast where we just analyze Sammy's movie choices oh, and what geez. they say about her. We're going to all be praying for me after that. It's nothing bad. It's just mostly war movies. All right. And what is one random fact about you that might surprise people? I juggle clubs, and I have a juggling routine with my father. I never (laughs) would have guessed that. (laughs) Yep, yep. I grew up in a performing family. Mm -hmm. Homeschooled, traveling magician. Yep. so cool. Yep, so... (laughs) Oh my gosh. So Mm -hmm. guys, if you're just... And this is your first episode, so if you're just tuning in, um, Hope has so many incredible stories to share, and we are doing this because she has so many stories, and she loves to share other people's stories. So that is... Mm I mean, I did not know that she juggles clubs. That is <laughs> wicked cool. I was expecting to say something totally different. <laughs> um, so you primarily, though, are a writer. Yes. Can you share with me a little bit more about, one, how you got started? We'll start with there. Okay. I got started in junior high in mm-hmm. cow class. Did you just say cow? Cow class. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, moo? Communication, oral, and written. Oh, my <laughs> I'm saying so, like imagining cows. Mr. McDonald, if you're out there listening, I want to thank you so much. Um, he, every Friday, we would have writing sample Friday, and he would give us a writing prompt, creative writing. We could write whatever we wanted for 45 minutes. The mm-hmm. sky was the limit. And I just fell in love, completely fell in love. I loved creating stories. I loved the possibilities. There was just something that felt... I felt most myself when I was writing and that mm-hmm. was something I hadn't discovered up until then. So that's when I fell in love with the written word and I'd all, already loved reading, but now I could do something with it. Um, and then from then on, it really became a tool for me for prayer and for worship and for working through hard things. And for me, I've I've always found that writing has a lot more power for me than just thinking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I have... A paradox I'm working through, a struggle, maybe some kind of accusation against God's character. If I just think about it, I run in circles. Mm-hmm. But if I sit down to write, he speaks to me through that. Mm-hmm. And I, I most often, I'll sit down with my Bible. I'll be doing some Bible study. I'll be looking up some Greek words or some <laughs> Hebrew wor- words, being a total nerd. And just as I see these connections, it's like the truth just comes together. And that's what I love most about writing. And that's kind of where where I'm at in my writing journey is I just want to I want to discover the truth and mm-hmm. believe the truth more in writing helps me to do that. That's fantastic. And so you were originally fiction. Um, mm-hmm. but have you moved into more nonfiction now as you're yes. processing with God? Yes. After that um terrible novel I wrote when I was eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> really all all the writers have a terrible novel. And you're I like, know. I wrote a book but you'll never see it. Right. I'm like, please, please, no one, no one ever find that. Um yeah, so I started writing nonfiction. Really, I started blogging about my time in Russia. Mm-hmm. And it was a release for me. It was a way to make sense of my experiences. And that was, you know, that started in my early 20s. And um, from that point on, it's really developed into um, a practice that, you know, I, I, all my 20s have not been what I expected. Nope. And. <laughs> 
<laughs> as as have mo- most of my friends, their twenties haven't been what they've expected, and so a lot of what I write about now is what do we do when there when when we're living with, um, in the tension between you know what we desire and what we hope for, mm-hmm. not having that, but also believing in God's goodness mm-hmm. and in really digging in deep to identify how He has been faithful in the past and just believing that truth and proclaiming it. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna kind of jump on that a little bit and just as a as a God-fearing, God-loving Christian woman who grew up, you know, expecting that there were going to be certain things that you mm-hmm. accomplished in your life or things that you wanted. Right. Um, and then your 20s kind of hit. And I think for a lot of millennials, uh, we're, we're a little bit side-blinded because most of us lived through 9-11. Yes. Um, then the recession. And then the past couple of years have been nuts. And then 2020, it's just like, the, we're <laughs> uh-huh. just like, oh, it's getting more intense. I know. Super. Um, and we were kind of promised through media and through storytelling, oh, it's going to be different. Yes. You're going to have this fairy tale. Right. Um, be that a career or a relationship or children. Like, mm-hmm. do you believe that what we're experiencing now as a generation is kind of a, it's a paradigm shift. We're learning to rewrite the story. Yes, definitely. And I, I think what I would say about that is, so I grew up in a performing family, yes. right? And one thing my dad always talked about in improv was you it's the yes and principle so if you get into an improv scene and someone says oh it's so hot here I I I hate this Georgia heat and you're like what's wrong with you we're in Maine are you crazy Mm -hmm. you've completely messed up the scene right and you've put the focus on yourself rather than on the greater story and yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry just making connections so uh, that really struck me this year when I turned 29 and I'm like, nothing is how I want it to be. (laughs) Nothing is how I want it to be. And what am I going to do about that? Um, I thought, well, well, what if, what if this season for us is saying yes and Mm -hmm. yes. And we have a reality that we didn't expect. What if we say, okay, God, I'm going to lean into this. And, you know, if you do that, if you do that in an improv scene, then the story is going to go somewhere amazing. It's going to mm-hmm. go somewhere beautiful. You know, if you're an Office fan, you see Michael Scott in that mm-hmm. improv scene where every time he's in a scene, he pulls out a gun because that's the most exciting thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it was every scene, hmm, God, where's that man I've been waiting for? Mm-hmm. Every scene, every scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was something I was really convicted about as I moved into year 29 and, mm-hmm. and rewriting the story. You know, I, I, I like the, I like that concept, but also letting God write the story mm. because I've tried to write the story for so long and yeah. it's made me go insane. So yeah, it does that. And so jumping off of that, um, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about your testimony. You've, you've shared mm-hmm. little snippets, but just, yeah. you were raised in a Christian home. Take yes. us through that. Sure, sure. So um, just to start with my name. So mm-hmm. my name, Hope Mackenzie Jasoniah Johnson. So Mackenzie just did a DNA test. I really thought I was Scottish. And I was, <laughs> I was my, apparently my dad did too, but oh my um, nope, nope. That's like 4.5% that area. So oh my God. that, we'll set that aside. Jay though. Jay is a Hebrew name. There are a handful of people in the Old Testament named Jay and it means the Lord hears or mm-hmm. may the Lord hear. So my name, Hope, for the Lord hears, mm-hmm. you know, I believe names are very powerful. And I, I think it's interesting that 
that's the name my parents chose for me, but they had no idea that the two things I would struggle with the most would be depression Mm -hmm. and would be believing that the Lord truly did see me and hear me. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll probably share a lot more about this in other episodes, but I would say my testimony, it's this kind of unfolding of living out my name Mm -hmm. um, through, through the power of the Holy Spirit, because I so often I am drawn to melancholy and Mm -hmm. despair. And, you know, even as a kid, you know, as a four-year-old kid, my first memory is of coming back from a trip to Bar Harbor in Maine and seeing this beautiful sunset and just being filled with this just uh, clenching in my chest of sadness, of melancholy, because it was all over. And I just Mm. didn't know what to do with it. Whereas, Mm. you know, most other kids were just like running around, like hitting their (laughs) siblings. And I'm here having like an existential crisis that I didn't know what to do with. (laughs) And that's what I was like all through growing up. You know, I hated birthdays because I was sad to leave the year behind. Yep. Same. (laughs) We're both INFJs, by the way. Yep. And she's a, are you an Enneagram too? I'm a four. You're a four. Okay. And I'm a five with a wing four uh-huh. and a wing six. So <laughs> I totally understand the existential crisis. Yeah. I, I think I cried when I turned five because I didn't want my mom to be a year older. And I knew that when I had a birthday, eventually she would get a year older too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had been friends when we were children. We would have been a mess. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. But, um, so a big part of my story was dealing with clinical depression Mm -hmm. and I'm very healthy now, but throughout my twenties, that was a theme and a theme was dealing with the unexpectedness of that. And also really dealing with God, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted. I don't understand why I feel this way, but I know that you're good. Mm -hmm. And of course I did that very imperfectly, but that's a theme, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, another theme of him seeing and knowing me. I mean, I, one thing I'll talk about more is, you know, I always thought I would be married at 22, become a missionary, have the ministry family. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, and I'd seen it happen for all these other people. And I thought, okay, well, that's, that's what's going to happen. And then it, it didn't. So throughout my twenties and now at almost 30, that not having happened there, the, the tendency, I think the human tendency is to say, does God really see me? Have mm-hmm. I fallen through the cracks? Um, why does he why does he give gifts to other women and not to me? Um, I'm a have not. That's something an author I, I really respect. Lucy, Susie Larson talks about being a, a have not feeling that way. Mm-hmm. So that's something <clears throat> that I've been working through a lot over the past few years. And that's where a lot of my writing lies Mm -hmm. is working through unfulfilled desires. I mean, my, the tagline for my website is offering hope and encouragement to those living a life that they didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Um, That's me, but that's, yeah, that's most of us this year. (laughs) It's most of us this year. And I do terribly at it. And I have some days where I am literally pounding the, the, the marble tabletop in my bathroom. Like, God, why? (laughs) But then, you know, I talk to you or I talk to my other friends and we come back to God's faithfulness and Mm -hmm. we say, he can take it. He can take us pouring out our hearts, but then we also have to keep his promises in view and we have to look back. And that's why I'm doing this podcast is story is so powerful. When we hear other people's stories, like that's what compels me to go on. I mean, I think of, I'm going to have my dad on who has struggled with depression for 40 years. Mm -hmm. He has been this, uh, like, I would say the, the 
my greatest cheerleader in this and the one that has helped me Mm -hmm. because he understands. And so that's really the heart behind this podcast is remembering and exploring God's faithfulness through personal story. I love that. So who is this podcast really for? Mm -hmm. Is this for women? Is this for men and women? Is there an age group in mind? Because, I mean, everyone relates to stories. I've listened to stories from 90-year-old women and just been completely blown over. Mm -hmm. And also from 16-year-old boys and been blown over. Yeah. So who, in your opinion, like, who do you want to really glean from this? I would say, I mean, initially I was thinking of, millennials who are Mm -hmm. living a life they didn't expect both men and women but I do think it extends beyond that Mm -hmm. Um, just like you said you know we can hear a story from a 16 year old and be blown away by the goodness and faithfulness of God Mm -hmm. so I would say for anyone who is struggling and believing in God's with believing in God's faithfulness who may be feeling cynical or jaded Mm -hmm. because that's where I honestly that's the position that I come to this from is I am you wouldn't know it to talk with me. You're like, oh, hope's so sweet. No, hope is very cynical. <laughs> hope is cynical. I just hope love that. Hope is cynical. Listen to that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's putting myself in this position is forcing me to speak the truth mm-hmm. daily to to really, and also just to look back, I mean, the, the, the podcast and also a book of essays I'm putting together, it's inspired by the words of Joshua 4 when um, they pass through the Jordan River, the Israelites, and the Lord tells Joshua, now pick up 12 stones mm-hmm. and put these here as a memorial to what I've done, to the miracles I've done. So when your children ask, what the heck are these stones here for? Mm-hmm. I, you know, embellishment mine. Mm-hmm. Um you can say this this is a, a reminder of what the Lord did. And yeah. I believe that the memorial stones of today are our stories. Mm-hmm. And that's the single best thing we can do to point others to the faithfulness of God is to say, look back, look what he did. He's still moving. He's still working. And he's he's you can trust that he's yeah. going to work in your story. And just from, you know, this process of, uh, this is going to be Hope's voice, primarily sharing and, and interviewing other people moving forward. And I know some of the people that she's interviewing and their stories are unbelievable. Um, so it's stay tuned because it's about to get wild. But um, would you say that, you know, all these stories have happy endings or is some of this going to be open-ended and we are in the ether of trusting and the mm. ether of waiting. Mm. And sometimes the faithfulness is found in that uncomfortable in between say exactly that you couldn't have said it better (laughs) (laughs) we're on the same wavelength yeah Yeah, exactly because i mean look at hebrews 11 Mm -hmm. they all died without having received what they had promised but look where they are now right now they have received what had been promised and they're in a place of joy and glory that we can't even imagine Mm -hmm. so regardless of what the outcome is in our present reality or for the extent of our lives, we know we have hope. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard to hold on to when we don't see the results that we want. So, you know, um, s- for some stories, there there is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But as we know, in, in life, things are still hard regardless of the happy ending. And then some, you know, they are open-ended and there there are still struggles. You know, I, I know with, with me starting this podcast, I'm in a very in-between time. I'm in a waiting time. I'm in a time where I struggle with cynicism, but mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the goal as, as Christians is 
to proclaim, you know, he is faithful and he is good regardless of the circumstances because we can misinterpret what the circumstances say about him. Right. So we can project our pain and our disappointment and our lack of commit. What's the word I'm looking for? Discontent. Discontent. Not (laughs) lack of commitment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We can project our very human feelings at human experiences onto an immortal God. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where it gets a little dicey because it becomes his fault. Right. Instead of his faithfulness in our experiences. Right. So I'm I'm thrilled because one hope just has so many stories of her own to share. Like you you glazed over it, but Russia. She Russia. lived in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Russia was crazy. And she's she's all, as and as much as she is not Scottish, she's also not Russian. So like <laughs> there's a, a great story of God's faithfulness and adventure and walking through difficult times. Um so Hope has stories of her own, but she also knows people who have stories that are just mind-blowing, and they do point back to a good, omnipotent father. I think we need that in 2020. Definitely. More than ever. We're recording this in October. We're on the cusp of, like, an election time, and the whole world just seems to have lost its ever-loving, and so we are definitely in a season of gathering stones, Mm -hmm. almost as an anchor place to hold on to. We know that regardless of what happens... We are seen, we are heard, and there is hope. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into our first episode of Hope Unyielding. I hope that it was an encouragement to you. I'm very excited about embarking on this journey of sharing personal stories to proclaim God's faithfulness. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics, please feel free to email me at hopeunyielding at gmail.com. And if you'd like to check out my blog, it's hopeunyielding.com. All right, see you guys next time.